podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to another video and podcast from fantasyfootballscout.co.uk. My name is David and I'm joined, of course, by Mark, the FPL General. And we are back with another episode of General's Orders. The final international break of 2023 is coming to a close. We've had the first week of that. We've had some scandalous World Cup results with the wrong biscuit winning the World Cup, if you ask the right particular person. So it's time to put things right, isn't it, Mark, and get back to talking about some football instead of confectionery, wouldn't you say? Yeah, thankfully, thankfully, no more international breaks for a while. It's uh, what was that? Three international breaks in the first twelve game weeks. Oh, way too yeah. many. But um, we're probably going to be moaning in a couple of weeks' time that there's way too many games and too many deadlines to keep up with. So, best part of the FPL season is coming up, in my opinion. So, bit bit of chaos for content creators like ourselves, but uh, we'll embrace it and we'll have a, a nice quiet January then. Mm, absolutely, and I suppose whilst the international breaks have you know been you know probably too frequent it does just help get a little bit of uh, extra sort of emotional and intellectual gas in the tank so that we've got enough for the sprint that is coming up because boy have we got a lot of game week deadlines coming up we're already sort of planning the uh, the christmas rotor and the christmas schedule and uh, yeah it's a crazy one this year we've even got a game on christmas eve so are you, are you yeah what, what are your thoughts on that period coming up are you excited nervous or probably a combination of all those emotions yeah definitely a combination i'm like I said, this is a, the Christmas period is always my my favorite favorite part of the season. There's you can make up a lot of ground, and you can really set yourself up for a very good season if you can if you can manage this festive period well. I'm definitely fearful as well because I'm a manager who's patient, and I actually like having lots of time to make my decisions. It, I think it's served me well so far this season. Maybe having three international breaks has has helped me to to make better decisions. So I'm a bit fearful of being kind of forced into making decisions every every couple of days when it usually takes me the best part of a week to actually figure out what I want to do. But um, hopefully the the first instinct on transfers and captaincy and stuff like that will be will be right. And we'll be we'll be sitting pretty hopefully around Christmas time. Mm, yeah, that's the hope. And I suppose the other thing with that quick um, fire deadline kind of schedule that we've got coming up, the the good side of that, if things go well, is if you have one of those game weeks not go so well for you, it does mean that very quickly you can turn it back into a green arrow if you need to. So it's it's a bit. We see that kind of cliche from football managers sometimes. Uh, if you watch Brian Brian's guns uh, videos on, on on X, for example, you know what I mean about those real stock football manager phrases. And and one of them largely centres around the idea of if you've got a midweek game coming up after a very disappointing Sunday match as as a normal football manager, that's actually quite often the perfect example because yesterday's news is always old news in politics, football, etc. And so having those quick deadlines means you can turn what was perhaps a very disappointing, dare I say, even embarrassing result into a solid 1-0 win and you're back on track a mere two days later. So you get that kind of opportunity as well. It can go the other way. You can have a really good game. We can then have a bad one. But in terms of having those, those deadlines in quite quick succession... There is the opportunity to, you know, be able to change the narrative very quickly, which is quite useful sometimes, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. And uh, certainly, we're, we're going to talk about it today, but we've got to we've got to start preparing for these for these crazy crazy game weeks. And I think the first thing is, uh, you know, the seven deadlines in December. So first thing you should do is stick a few reminders in your phone or, or <laughs> make a post-it note somewhere because it's it's very easy to miss them in a, in a busy time in life. And I think we might even have a Thursday deadline, which we do. Surely is a first. I don't I don't ever remember a Thursday deadline before. So. Yeah, people need to watch out for that one. We may we may have had one perhaps in Project Restart, but that was quite Possibly. literally a blur in my memory. So it's <laughs> very difficult for me to. We've all we've all erased that time, I think, in our minds. <laughs> yes. 
Yeah, exactly. It's all some big fever sort of dream. So yeah, we yeah we as you say we've got a Thursday deadline coming up. Um, at Scout especially, obviously we're starting to build as I said sort of rotors and schedules for for that time of year. And I suppose it's people may find it useful to hear us talk about it because yeah, you may have to do that with your FPL management. I've got uh, on our big old board of, of when the videos are, put the deadlines in in the weirdest possible places, and I'm having conversations with content creators being like, hey, do you want to do a live stream on Christmas Day? It's um yeah. <laughs> it's all a bit crazy so yeah make sure you get yourself uh prepared and of course one of the best ways to do that uh is to use your fantasy football scout membership as well you can still save up to 20 percent on that uh the season ticker especially is going to be super super useful as you're coming up on this um, particular stage of the season because it can kind of help you plan uh without having to think about what day of the week it is if that makes sense you know you can sort of uh, get a get a feel for that part of the season you can divide it in half you can maybe only look at pre uh, with the wildcard period of number one and then post wildcard period number two all sorts of ways you can customise it and of course as all of those matches happen over the Christmas period all of that match data is going to drop instantaneously into the members area for you to have a look at whilst everyone else around you is opening their presents and you know that inside your presents are just a new pair of boxes and a new pair of socks you can be uh, having a look at some more exciting gifts, which is perhaps the expected goal involvement data of a certain Chelsea midfielder or something like that. Um, so yeah, um, make sure you uh, have a look uh, at that. So let's move on to how you got on in game week 12, um, which does feel like a while ago now, of course, um, but obviously does set the context for game week 13. So 91 points up to 177k mark. So um, yeah, really on course now. You, I think you were looking for what, inside the top 100k for Christmas? You're definitely on course for that. Yeah, that's always kind of a, a loose goal. Um, I think it went from about 450k up to 177. So it just shows you, you know, one good game week, you, you can still jump very quickly in, in this game. Obviously, it can go the other way as well. But it was, you know, for the audio listeners, uh, Johnson and Goal, Cash, Gabriel and Shimaka. So Shimakis came in with a 15-pointer. I'll talk about him in a second. Born with eight, Blanks for Son and Gordon. Vice-captain Salah for 16, Watkins with six, captain Haaland for 32, and Alvarez for five. So there's a lot going on there. First of all, Shimakis. The beauty of having a terrible bench in FPL is you get lucky sometimes. And my advice to people going into Game Week 12 was, if you can bench Shimakis, I would. And that's what I would have done if I didn't have a buyer or a gusto on the bench. Uh, I probably would have actually even sold Shimakis possibly if I didn't have a Madison injury to deal with. So the stars just aligned and a very sweet 15-pointer, but I am not taking any credit for that whatsoever because, like I said, I probably wouldn't have started him in most other scenarios. I thought there was a very good chance he wouldn't play. We didn't know about a Gomez injury, so it just it just worked out, and sometimes you do get lucky, and it's nice to be on the right side of that. If you can be on the right side of that kind of luck, you know, a few times more often than not throughout the season, it can really help with your rank in many leagues and stuff. So taking that one uh, with a lot of gratitude. The the captaincy on Haaland, I I kind of zigged when most people zagged, or I zagged when most people zigged, I think is probably the way you say it. <laughs> you know, when everyone posted their team on on social media on, on the weekend, I was just seeing Salah, Salah, Salah for the captaincy. And I kind of get a little bit bored of just doing what everyone else is doing. That's not why I captained Haaland. You know, you'll, you'll remember I went into the season just captain Haaland as often as possible. I think there's only one game week when I didn't do it. And that was the Manchester United fixture when he when he did really well. I, I captained Salah that week and Haaland outscored him. So I was obviously slightly concerned when Salah did the business, first of all. 
and I needed Haaland to deliver on the Sunday, but he he did. They ended up scoring the same point, so it didn't really matter too much. So it was good to see the Haaland faith restored. Bowen's been great, but obviously a flag there. We need to keep an eye on that this week. And elsewhere, Alvarez keeps chipping in. Watkins got his customary goal. But we'll talk about my you know my bus team soon. But um, there's I, I I dare I say it. There's wildcard temptation this week, people. I say it every week, but um. Very strong wildcard temptation this week because game week 13, the fixtures are a nightmare really for most teams. And we've got this festive period coming up. My bench is really weak. So there is some temptation to maybe pull the trigger this week or next week. Mm. So I've actually put your bus team uh, on the screen now. And yeah, bench at the moment. Yeah, Turner, Bayer, Gusto, Nakamba. And yeah, and, and so then normally that's fine. Uh, it has been for some time, but we have been saying the time is going to come when maybe it won't be. And yeah, it does involve having to start cash away at Spurs. It involves having to start Shimakas away at City. Um, and as much as he's obviously come through for us against Brentford, we're probably not expecting that to happen away at, at uh, the Etihad Stadium, for example. Um, Bowen uh, and Haaland have flags, for example. Um, we're not, I don't think we're massively worried about those, but of course, you know, it's still going to, I think, worry people a little bit. So... Yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, with the, well, I mean, with this bus team, do you think it can get through game week 13 or do you think this could be a take your medicine kind of week? That's the kind of um, dynamic we've discussed before. Yeah, it's it's something I'm going to weigh up for the rest of the week. It's, you know, can this team survive another week at least or do I just rip the plaster off and, and patch it up ready for the, for the busy period? So I think a lot will depend on Bowen. If Bowen's okay, that'll probably be enough for me to just hold off uh, I expect Haaland to be fine, and it's it's the first kickoff as well, so there's a good chance we'll get some Haaland information before deadline anyway. But again, looking at it, you know, cash away to Tottenham, I don't like. Obviously, don't want to start Schumacher really against Manchester City. Even Gordon, I'm not feeling fantastic about at home to Chelsea. It's more about the players I don't have than the players I do have. You know, I'd like to get Saka, who I've been kind of wanting to get for a couple of weeks. Mbumo could come in. But again, that could probably wait till game week 14. We've got the gift that is Palmer. There's, um, you know, Darwin Nunes is very tempting. So, yeah, it's tricky. It's tricky. And I'm nowhere near a decision on, on whether to stick with it or not. We'll see how things develop in terms of, of Bowen, et cetera, during the week. But um, just trying to focus on, you know, doing what's right for my team. You'll get a lot of opinions. I, I put a, I probably shouldn't have I put a picture of this team up and, you know, shared some of my wildcard thoughts on Twitter and you get all kinds of opinions. Good, good, you know, good opinions, you know, one way or the other. But I try not to let those comments influence me too much. But it's good to get some insight just to see what other people think. Some people think, you know, no need to wildcard, just dead end, dead end into game week 18, the blank, and then have your wildcard afterwards for a double game week, etc., other people think, yeah, you know, there's five targets that you really want and you can't get them all with free transfer, so why not just get them all in? So, yeah, it's um, there's a lot going on here. Fixtures, you know, Sun, Tottenham weren't very good in the last game week. Do I? It's funny, I just brought him back in and yeah. I'm really willing to lose him. If I wildcarded, I don't know if Sun would survive. So, uh, yeah, as is often the case during an international break, I am all over the place on <laughs> Tuesday slash Wednesday. So, um Hopefully things are clear in my mind come Friday. Yeah, that's the, that's the hope for sure. I mean, I guess the, the question is, what can you feasibly achieve with the free transfers you have? Um, if you if if someone said to you, you cannot use your wildcard here and you had to only use your free transfers to address this, what would be your priorities, do you think? I think I've only got one free transfer. So I'm given the, the busy period, especially the three game weeks in a week that's coming up um, after this one, so 14, 15, 16, 
I would like to have two frees for that period. So even though the fixtures don't look good on paper at the moment, it's not ideal playing Cash and Shimakis. But if I don't wildcard, there's actually a chance maybe I just bank and take this game week on the chin. Most people are in the same boat. Probably not going to be an extremely high scoring game week. I do have a lot of, you know, a lot of the key assets anyway that are that are highly owned. So the damage shouldn't be too bad uh, when you look at those fixtures. So it's probably as a case of maybe just taking that medicine, uh, maybe a red arrow, but then two frees for for 14, 15, 16, and, and maybe a bit of a, a shake up then. And again, then the wild card probably just gets held off until 18, 19, or 20. So uh, a lot to think about this week. Mm. I mean, from the game weeks coming up, this one is certainly the trickiest one. When we've been doing a bit of our advanced planning, and I was talking even in sort of like game week 10 and 11, uh, trying to get through this period with free transfers so I could wildcard in game week 19. 13 was always the fly in the ointment. It was always the one that was like, I am going to have to suffer this one. And I think this season, we I, I feel like me and you are both in a good position in that, and we always say this in doing this uh, video podcast this year, um, we, we, we've kind of you know stumbled upon this idea of sometimes taking your medicine, sometimes uh, taking the game week on the chin, however, whatever expression you want to use. Um, and a lot of the times when we go into a game week with that in mind, uh, it manages our expectations in such a way that either we're pleasantly surprised... <laughs> Maybe Shimakas gets eight or nine points away at, at Man City. He might get two assists, and he gets subbed off, and then Liverpool could say, "Yeah, that could happen." We've we've seen ourselves get almost like lucky whenever we've sort of just decided to kind of accept our fate that this week is going to be a bad game week. Sometimes it turns around because I mean, let's not forget, right? You've got Haaland, Alvarez, and Salah. They're three quite reliable point scorers this year. We're just scared of this fixture because they're playing each other. But there's every possibility this game is a two-two, and all three of those guys get double-figure hauls. So if that happens, your game week. You, probably down for a solid 60 points so there's every possibility that could happen too um and so yeah leaning into that to to as you say maximize the weeks beyond it is probably actually a much more solid idea than it would be if there were more exciting opportunities in this game week yeah and on the on the flip side um you know the, the targets that i'm looking at if i was to wildcard this week the fixtures are not great anyway you know palmer plays newcastle i would Probably double up on the Arsenal defence with Saliba coming in, but Mbuma would come in as well and they play each other. So again, that's not really optimal for this game week. Uh, and there's a few others as well. You know, Darwin's very tempting, but he does have Manchester City this week. So it's you can look at this a lot of different ways. Yes, maybe it doesn't look great cash away to Tottenham, but I mean, defenders this season are just a nightmare. There's There's not many good ones out there. And I still just keep coming back to cash with a good underlying attacking numbers. Can you know? I think he had two shots in the box and gave me twelve. He can he can score in any game really. And I would still be reluctant to lose him, even because of the fixtures, just because of the lack of options elsewhere. When I was building a a quick wildcard draft, um, I think I had Gabriel Saliba. Shimakis would probably survive just because of the lack of options elsewhere. Even though he has you know a slight rotation risk, but um, yeah, it's. Uh, it's probably not going to be a wild card the more the more I look at it. And just what you know, again, it's the week after an international break, I say it all the time, it can often be quite a funny game week and, and odd things can happen. I think we've had some some pretty nasty game weeks after the international break. So that's on the back back of my mind as well. Maybe just one more week and then it, the fixtures clear up for some of those players like Mbumo. Uh, you know, the Arsenal defense wouldn't be playing against Mbumo. 
and then you're getting closer to you know fixture turns for players like Palmer and stuff as well. So uh, yeah, and then you obviously lose that. If I did want to go on a on a differential Darwin, he you know you get the Manchester City fixture out of the way as well. So uh, yeah, leaning. I'll say now I'm leaning towards in the wild card, but um, I, I you need to just ban me from saying that word because people <laughs> probably switch switch off at this point when I just mention the word. The sooner I play it. The better the content will be. <laughs> I mean, I disagree. I mean, if we can put wildcard in every thumbnail, like, oh, the clicks we're going to get out of that. I mean, wow. <laughs> so if you could just play it like at the end of the first wildcard period every season, oh, views are going to be going to be incredible. So, but I, I get what you're saying. It is annoying. It, 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 the expression "burn a hole in your pocket" is almost tailor made for uh, those of us who still have our wildcard uh, for sure. What we will do in a second is we will put your possible wildcard on the screen um, because you, you have sent it to me and people like looking at a wildcard, but also looking at it again, as you say, might help you realize you don't want it now. Uh, but just on cash before we get to that with cash, I've got him, obviously. I have a lot of injury issues, which we'll see in a minute. And I'm going to have probably have to start him out of, um, you know, uh, necessity. But actually, just on the issue of him in isolation, Spurs aren't necessarily looking great right now. You know, they've got a couple of suspensions and injuries in defence. Uh, Madison not being there is an issue. So, it's. I mean, if, if Villa won this game 1-0 and Cash got an assist, great. But, but I, I don't think that's an unrealistic expectation. You might be hoping for it rather than expecting it, but if it was to happen, it wouldn't necessarily be a huge shock just because of the state that the Spurs find themselves in. So, yeah, anyone who's wavering on Cash... I would suffer the Spurs fixture in the hope that it might go better than you think. This is kind of where I'm at on that as well. Um, but yeah, let's put your wildcard team on the screen. Um, I'll read it out for the benefit of the podcast listeners. It's Strakosha and Johnson as the goalies. Gabriela sells Branthwaite, Saliba, Shimikas as the defenders. And Burmo, Salah, Saka, Eze and Palmer. And then Watkins, Darwin and Haaland are the strikers. So you've already kind of touched on a couple of these 50-50s, um, you know, between one player and another. But... Yeah, anything from this crop of players you've not drawn attention to yet that you sort of, you know, I'm in an iron over? Yeah, well, the, the standout here is it's um, it would be eight strong attackers rather than seven. And it's not something I usually do. I like, you know, put the money on the pitch and avoid benching headaches every week. But again, I just come back to the busy period. If you're ever going to have a strong eight, it's probably is for December. Uh, yes, yeah, some weeks you might have a 50-50 call on do I start X or Y? But it just, in my mind as well, is. You know, if you do pick up an injury or a suspension, it can save yourself a transfer if you can just bench a player for a week and you've got a, a strong eighth one to come in. So, you know, the key targets there are Mbumo, Saka, Eze and Palmer. So you're probably changing four out of the five midfielders. It would be losing Bowen and Son and that would be really, you know, dependent on Bowen being ruled out, which we don't know yet. And chances are he probably will be fine. So, and again, given that I just brought Son back in, I said on the last video that he's one of the best picks in the game, so it doesn't make much sense to lose him. And I'm not, you know, it's it's dangerous to read into one performance. Yes, they weren't great and gave me 12, but it's still Sun and it's still Tottenham. And I've got a lot of faith in in, in Postacoglu's team. And, and I like the Aston Villa fixture for Sun, actually, this game week as well. So I wouldn't feel great about losing him. The Darwin, the Darwin one is tempting because... I think a lot of people will struggle to get there, especially the three-five-two setups. If they've got Haaland and Watkins, or maybe Haaland and a cheaper forward, you know, I think a lot of people are probably going to go Solanke now with good fixtures and, and reliability for minutes. I just like him as a differential, and even if he's not starting every game, we know his underlying numbers are good. He can be explosive in any game, and given how good Watkins has been, I'd be quite reluctant to lose him as well. So it'd be a matter of just having both. 
uh, as a differential Watkins and Darwin, whereas most others would probably just have one or the other. Those who want to get to Darwin would probably lose Watkins to do so. Um, elsewhere, again, like I said, building a wildcard defence is tricky because there's very few attractive options out there. And even double Arsenal defence, I don't really... I'm not in a rush to get there. It's Brentford next, which is which is not great when there's a Mbumo involved. Wolves and Luton is probably fine, but then it's Villa, Brighton, Liverpool, even West Ham. So uh, there's a lot of talk about double Arsenal defence, but I'm not overly keen on it myself. So I think I'll probably just stick with Gabriel. Uh, Lascelles is in that wildcard draft, but the, the most recent comments are that Botman might be back soon. So I'd probably maybe switch Lascelles out for a, for a Charlie Taylor or something like that. Um, and just on this, if I compare the wildcard draft to my current team, uh, scenario let's say let's say Jared Bowen gets ruled out what I could do instead of wildcard and I I would love to get Eze for for uh for three weeks so what I could do is get go Bowen to Eze and what that would do would free up cash for the following week to do Gordon to Mbumo so straight away I would have two of my my key wildcard targets and then we know Palmer's fixtures don't really improve until around game week 16. So I'd have a bit of time, you know, maybe Eze to, to Palmer then later. So there's a lot you can do. You can still get pretty close over a couple of weeks to to the wildcard team I'm I'm talking about here. And, you know, if I wildcarded, Alvarez would go, Son would probably go, Cash would probably go. But all three, I think, are still absolutely fine FPL picks to keep. So, yeah. Again, I think I do this every week. I talk myself <laughs> out of the wild card while we do this video. So I've I've already got a good goalkeeper as well. So there's another factor that you know goes against wild card. Yeah, for sure. And I mean on Alvarez as well. I mean, whilst there's some trickier fixtures in the next couple of weeks, Luton away in sixteen uh is great for City, probably. Um they obviously have the blank in eighteen. Um, but you'd probably want him back eventually. This is another reason why nine wild card nineteen makes a lot of sense, is that Man City's fixtures either side of the blank are brilliant. Like Luton away and Palace at home, and then Everton away and Sheffield United at home, and then Burnley at home. Uh, three of the four games after the blank. So, yeah, it's um, Man City players. Um, I think are more of a, like they're kind of getting a little bit forgotten about, and I think they could be the key to unlocking. Uh, weirdly enough, despite the fact they missed game week eighteen, they could be the key to unlocking like navigating that period quite well because the fixtures they've got are kind of irresistible. They play all three of the bottom three in what's that seven game weeks between 16 and 22 so we've got to have a plan for them for sure so yeah, yeah. the other thing is um you know Bukayo Saka is a, a key target for me but when you dive a little bit deeper the you know the Arsenal attacking numbers are not as good as they have been Saka's numbers himself are not as good either he's not a 100% nailed on penalty taker anymore either he can give them up if he wants to so I haven't had him for a while and it's it's been fine so I'm asking myself, do I really need to get there? And at the moment, I think the answer is probably no. But um, I know that can change quite quickly because Saka is one of my favourite players to own in FPL. And, you know, I've had a lot of good times with him. And I, in an ideal world, I would have him in there in my midfield. So, um, but yeah, again, there's, if there's a Bowen issue, Bowen to Saka, it's not a huge jump. It could be done somehow, even if it means a minus four. So uh, there's lots of lots of different options here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and the main draw for the Arsenal attackers will will be Wolves at home, Luton away, 14-15. Um, weirdly enough, I'm already thinking about how I'm going to sell Saka <laughs> because after the Luton game, it gets much harder and they can't cover you in 18 very well because they're away at Liverpool. So, um, yeah, 
Managing Arsenal right it's now. An is odd, it's an odd season. It's an odd season. A lot of I listen to a lot of FPL podcasts, and it's really interesting this season. You you, you listen to a podcast, and one one of the hosts will be thinking about buying Son, <laughs> and another will be thinking about selling Son, and we're kind of similar on Saka. So it's uh, <laughs> it's just that's a sign it's, that it's, uh, it's shaping up to be a very good season. Yeah, no, I like that because it just creates a bit of differential kind of just difference makers between teams which we, we like to see as I said I don't really feel like there's a te- there's much of a template this year there's several different templates that kind of really encapsulate different styles and they all seem to be just about doing the job and I quite like that um, it's always nice to see it's more fun than there being a template and anyone who doesn't have the templates having a really horrible time that's what we don't want um, so yeah um, I'll move on to to my team because to be honest if anything Mark I actually need your help because my team is in total disarray courtesy of all of the flags now it's, it's doing well I got 92 points in game week 12 I'm up to 38k now um, I also had some shimmercast luck but it did stem from exactly the same situation as yourself if I could have benched him I would have done and I was planning to and then Stupinian got injured again. So then I had to start him. Um, my transfer was to get Johnston in, which uh, the Everton game was... I was less riding on that, really, for uh, Palace returns defensively because I've got Johnston and Anderson. It's really the looting game. And then beyond that, that I was more interested, I just felt there was a chance. So I'm not too upset that that didn't go well. And I feel happy that I've got that in place now. Um, in terms of who else did well for me, obviously I signed Bowen as my Madison replacement. So instant success there. However, he is now injured. My view was to captain Bowen this week. But of course, we've now got this yellow flag. And the problem is, is that we find my team once again in the situation of I'm just have like Sheldon Cooper. I'm having fun with flags or rather not so much fun with flags because now it's Van de Ven red. Estupinian is 25%. Matoma is 50%. Bowen is 75%. Harland is 75%. And my bench is Turner, Archer, Cash and Simicast. And then, yeah, for the benefit of the podcast, this is my starting lineup. Johnston, Van de Ven, Anderson, Estupinan. And the reason why Estupinan and Van de Ven are in the team was my view was Estupinan might be fit. And Van de Ven, I'm probably going to sell because I have to. So then, therefore, I would start him because my replacement would need to be a starter. And then, Yesaka, Diaby, Matoma, Salah and Bowen, with Bowen as the captain and Haaland and Alvarez as the strikers. So I got one transfer and a wild card, admittedly. Um, And when I did a video on this last week, I didn't have a Bowen injury yet. I don't think I had a Matoma one either, so my plan was probably just to get maybe Lascelles in for Van der Ven, so I've got a Newcastle defender starting, because I've got the same problem you've mentioned. Who do I buy as a new defender right now? There's no one who really has a good Game Week 13 fixture who I don't already have, and I don't want an Arsenal defender for this week. So whoever I sign as a defender, I have to start, and that's my biggest problem, if that makes sense. The solution to that problem is maybe you don't buy a defender. Do <laughs> yeah, maybe. Any, any temptation to sell Matoma? Uh, potentially, yeah. So I think that what... So my other thought had been, I'm just going to... I think I'm going to have to start Cash now. He's currently on the bench, but I think as I've sort of talked about with, with your team, I think, I think I'm just going to have to start Cash and just go with that. Hope a Stupinan's fit and then maybe have to start Shimakas. If Matoma is injured, like as in is like definitely, definitely out of this game, I was tempted just to get in Burmo now. Because my plan for 14 had always been Matoma to uh, Burmo. Because having Matoma for Forest away, I felt, was was good enough. It's the last chance of right. I mean, Matoma has actually been a disaster for me because I actually sold in Burmo to get Matoma. And I'm pretty sure all I've got out of Matoma in three games is one assist. Whereas Burmo's, I think, had two double-digit hauls. Um, so the plan had always been to go back to Burmo. And actually, I quite like 
him to score. I, I, I can see him scoring against Arsenal. And to actually use a bit of a Mark Southerns kind of tactic, sometimes it's really, really beneficial to have the attacker that's playing the defence that everyone else has a representative from that you don't, because it actually makes them even more of a differential because you're, you're actually damaging other teams by the points you're getting, rather than simply just scoring more points than them, if that makes sense. Because uh, I'm not interested in the Arsenal defence, really. Not this week, anyway. So it could be Matoma to Mbomo. That's exactly what I was going to say. I think us marks think alike. You know, as <laughs> yeah. soon as I seen your team, as soon as I seen Matoma, as soon as I seen no Arsenal defenders, I thought double down. If you're going to make the move next week anyway, bring it bring it forward for a week. Get Mbomo in because we know we know how FPL works. We, we're all planning to get Mbomo game week 14, but we could all have two or three other issues we need to deal with. Maybe in in defence or up front, and maybe then it becomes really tricky to get Mbomo in game week 14. Maybe it ends up being a minus four. So. If there's an opportunity just to bring a move forward, if we get confirmation that Matoma's going to be out, looks like he might be, then I think it's an easy move. I would just go Matoma and Bumo. Don't overthink it. Yes, the defence is looking a little bit dodgy. <laughs> but like we said, there's no good defenders out there anyway. So we're all just uh, hoping to pick up a few appearance points and get our, get our points from our you know seven attacking players. So not ideal. Like myself, might have to play Shimakas, play Cash, but... I don't think it's a huge issue this week when you look at the fixtures. You know where are the clean sheets coming from when you That's look true. at that list of ten games? So, uh, yeah, I think any, I think, I think anyone who has Matoma this week, and if you're planning to get Mbumo anyway, I think it's just uh, it's just a no brainer. Mm-hmm. The other thing that actually puts me off making loads of changes here. I mean, I mean, so much of this is going to rely on that Bowen injury. I really do hope that is um, cleared up quite nicely because I think because if it is, easy captain, easy easy captain for me. Um, but uh, if 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 I do get some injuries that mean that I'm struggling to start the current seven that I have in attack, actually Cameron Archer is not a bad shout this week to sub in because at home against Bournemouth, really good fixture. He has got me nine points, I think maybe two game weeks ago, uh, and he just stayed on the bench, of course. Um, I don't think anyone has really got anything out of Cameron Archer really yet other than just little reminders that he might pop up every now and then. This could be a week where... I rely on him and he comes through. So we'll have to see. Um, but yeah, having so whilst I'm ha- whilst my bench doesn't look too strong in terms of what defenders I have, I don't actually feel all that disadvantaged by possibly having to play Cameron Archer because he's probably going to be a differential this week, even though he's in a stupid number of teams because most people don't really like starting him. But this could be a week where he could be worth it, maybe. I don't know. What do you think? Yeah, I actually didn't spot Archer as your first sub there. That's a, it's a nice one to have. It's, it's I don't think I have... It's an odd one. I didn't think I'd ever say I'd be fearful of a 4.5 million Cameron Archer, but given that it's a good chance he could be used in a lot of 11s this week or he could come off the bench with a good fixture, uh, absolutely fine. We do, do we know if he, if he has penalties? He probably does, doesn't he? I or think did Norwood take one? Norwood, I think, took the last one, but I think the reason it's been up in the air was because I think McBurney was taking them and then lost them, I yeah. think. Um, I, I'm not 100% on that, but certainly there has been that there. And, and the other thing is that um, at Bramall Lane, that is that is invariably where he's going to get his returns. I'm fairly confident that absolutely all of his attacking returns have come at home this year. Um, they're quite quite poor away. But, you know, the the Steel City support um, occasionally helps them, you know, do quite well. I mean, obviously, they, they nearly got a point against Man City at, at home. So, a home game against Bournemouth. I mean, I'd, be, I'd actually be quite surprised if Archer doesn't get something this week, uh, if I'm honest, because it should come through him. They don't have too many other exciting attacking assets. So, yeah, I'm... I'm, I'm I'm hoping that Bowen is fine, 
because uh, the thing is, if Matoma's not, yeah, and Burmo seems like I'd rather start in Burmo than Archer for sure. I'd rather not have to rely on Archer though, even though it wouldn't be the worst thing in the world if I have to, because I really, really, really want to captain Jared Bowen. I just really want to do it. I, I, I honestly still think he's the best captaincy shout for this for this game. We haven't really had a chance to talk about this yet because obviously we didn't speak last week. I mean, you've seen it out there quite a lot. I mean, if if he's fit, where do you stand on it? The I think the niggle is just enough to put me off. I I don't think I was going to go there anyway for the captaincy. Um, I'm very loyal to the big hitters, uh, you know, Salah and Haaland. I think 11 out of 12 weeks I've captained Haaland and it was Salah in the other one. And even though they play each other, I I just have this thing in my mind that, you know, Haaland's just ridiculously good. He's in, <laughs> he, is, he is a robot. He is a freak of nature. Uh, a freak when it comes to scoring goals and getting big chances and putting them away. So I think I'm just going to stay there. Uh, and I know he's had a niggle as well, so maybe I'm contradicting myself here. Both players are currently flagged, but I'm more confident that Haaland will be okay. And the fact that it's the early kickoff, we'll probably find out whether he's starting or not, which is which is helpful for the armband. Uh, on Jared Bowen, yeah, maybe I do need to kind of reevaluate how I think about him. I, th- I think this is just an FPL manager thing where because he's you know significantly cheaper, than the others, you kind of automatically put him down the captaincy peck in order. But again, I said it a couple of weeks ago, if I'm a fixtures-based manager, I should be giving Jarabone a lot more thought for the captaincy because Burnley is an excellent fixture. And we know uh, Bowen scored, I think, in every away game so far this season. Yeah, that's so, right. But yeah, the, the fact that he did leave the England camp and Moyes usually doesn't give much away. You know, he'll just say on Friday, we've come back, you know, there's a few bumps and bruises from the international break. We'll see how they are, blah, blah, blah. So we probably won't get clarity on his on his fitness. And that would that would scare me. Mm. Because if there is, there obviously is something. And if there is something, and if there's a busy period coming up, does Moyes just be careful with him? Especially when it is a, a fixture that they should be okay in anyway. So, uh, yeah, it's it, it, it de- it's dependent on information, yeah. and it's probably information that we might not get. So that's why that's why I'm leaning towards you know probably Haaland number one as a captain, Salah possibly number two, um, but Youngman's son is is certainly in the in the running as well. Mm. It is annoyingly very much based on if he's fit. That's for sure because because. If if this injury hadn't happened, I would I wouldn't be wavering at all, because uh, Burnley at home as well. They're actually, in my opinion, they they are more favourable opponents if you can play them at Turf Moor than if you are hosting them, because they're even more predisposed to try and play football, which invariably will lead to them probably conceding four or five goals, which is what we've seen. So, yeah, we really just need to find out more on that. So we'll have to have to see, have to wait and see. So we, of course, as ever, have some orders, though. That's enough about our teams. Let's see if we can help you guys with yours. So we'll move to our first order of the day. And it very much is all about preparing for the festive period, as we've already discussed. We've got Mikel Arteta on the screen, uh, having a bit of a training exercise with his coaching staff, getting everybody ready for the absolute gauntlet that people have to run every year. And that's FPL in December. Yeah, I always I always think of new FPL managers at this time of the year. If you've never played FPL before, if you're watching this video or listening to it and you, you've never played FPL before, just be prepared for absolute carnage and chaos over the next few weeks. If you think FPL has been straightforward to play so far, you know, rip up that sheet and get ready for absolute chaos. So the order number one this week is start preparing for the December madness. So there's quite a few different ways you can do that. 
the you know I mentioned one earlier. First of all, make sure you know when those deadlines are. Make note of them. Maybe some reminders in your phone, especially if you're in different time zones and stuff like that. The the deadlines will vary uh, to what they've been so far. Preparation then when it comes to your squads. You know, my team is a good example. David's as well. Our benches are looking a bit shaky. We've got a lot of flags and stuff like that. So you really need to more so than ever focus on the weakest links. If you've got players like Bayer and Gusto and the Camba like I do. It's time for me to start improving that area of the score. And it's really tricky to do. And that's why the wild card's tempting because there's always transfers you want to make and you're starting 11. But this week, for example, if Bowen's fine, if Haaland's fine, I probably should be looking at getting a, you know, a better 12th player that I can lean on, especially for this, um, you know, this busy period ahead. So yeah, it's all about preparation at this point of the season. Use the scout fixture ticker, you know, map out, you know, which teams have good fixtures, which teams have bad fixtures. There's actually been a lot of good articles on the site this week about, you know, fixtures, who to target, who to avoid, etc. So have a look at those. Um, yeah, just know what's happening. And, you know, we keep in mind we've got the blank in the 18 as well, then a possible double around 2021. So there's a lot going on and and very importantly too, you know, it's we're getting closer to it. So African Cup of Nations, Asia Cup, that's all kicking off, I think, in January. So you've got to keep in mind that we're going to lose players like Son and Salah in Bumo, a lot of a lot of big players. So so keep that in mind as well, just a, as a longer term view. Um yeah, preparation's key. Use the rest of this international break to especially look at the fixtures, know what's happening. Uh, and and those deadlines. So uh, and don't don't ignore the weak areas of your squad because you're going to need more than eleven players over the next couple of weeks. Mm. I'm actually going to tack something onto this order um, that I, I've only just realised in the last couple of days by doing what you've encouraged people to do there uh, in terms of, as I said, building the kind of the editorial uh, or the video schedule around. That, I should say um, is that. Not only do you need to know when those deadlines are, you need to know what you're normally going to be doing around those deadlines. Because I've been saying for ages, I'm going to wildcard in game week 19. Yeah, 19, 19. Look at the season ticker in isolation. That looks great. I've just double checked when game week 19 is. Um, it's Boxing Day. So it would mean <laughs> that. And, and the thing is, the previous game week 18 finishes on Christmas Eve. So it means that the previous game week, because that's the Wolves Chelsea game that everybody uh, has strong opinions on. Um, it would mean basically building my wildcard squad on the evening of Christmas Eve, spending a lot of Christmas Day tinkering with it, and then waking up on the morning of Boxing Day to lock it all in when everyone else around me probably just wants to do Christmas, let's be honest. right? Um, and like, now I'm like, oh, is that really the best thing for me? Fixtures-wise, yes. In a world where I don't celebrate Christmas, that's fine. So, I mean, maybe. Maybe this year I just don't celebrate Christmas. I don't know. But... That's unavoidable for most people. So working out where those things fit in with things, because then we get New Year, we sometimes the same thing. Do you? I don't know if you remember a couple of years ago. Do you remember a tweet going out from someone who's particularly well known for team news stuff about Salah maybe being injured for two or three weeks at something like what, like twenty three forty five on New Year's Eve, you know? And so then yeah. loads of people are like at a party, merrier than usual, <laughs> selling Salah, missed the bills. Oh, you know, so. It's it's not just about knowing when they are. It's knowing about what um, societal norms and what is expected of you from your kids, your wife, your parents, you know, your, your everyone who's in your family at some of these moments because you're going to have less time to deal with it. Yeah, and that's the thing about wild cards as well. It's it's one of those things where I always say wild cards need time. You need mm. you need a couple of days or you know to prepare for them. So if you do end up wild carding around game week nineteen. 
then you probably need to prepare in advance of that, you know, a couple of days before, have a couple of wildcard drafts built so that you don't need to, uh, you know, ignore your family around Christmas time <laughs> and, and disappear into the bathroom for two hours to build a wildcard squad and, you know, saying you're not feeling well. So, um, yeah, again, it, we I talked myself out of the wildcard earlier, but when you throw in that whole Christmas factor and, you know, being busy with real life, that's another reason why, I kind of like to play it maybe sooner and then I don't need the stress of a wild card over over Boxing Day and, and Christmas. Mm, yeah, it's making me waver as well. So we'll see how we'll see how it resolves itself. And to be fair, I might end up with loads of flags this week and need to sort things anyway. Um, let's move on to the second order, which again kind of comes around to planning. Um, and this is less about specific captains, but it's more about making sure that we plan who we expect to be our captains in the next couple of weeks, isn't it? Yeah, order number two, it's, it's kind of linked to preparation in, in order number one it's make a captain matrix and update it often so this is something i haven't done myself yet i'm going to plan plan to do it this week or or next week for the december period it's basically you know pick out who you think are the best captaincy candidates in every game week maybe three or four options you're going to have salah hallan son you know and a couple of others maybe a bowen would be in there this week for example and just highlight who you're going to captain and when and what that always does is you might find that you're going to captain Haaland in maybe, you know, three of six game weeks or something like that. Or if you have a young man's son, you might think I'm only going to captain him once in the next seven. You know, you can throw Saka in there and it can help you decide basically which players you want to own, first of all. And then it just gives you a clear picture of, of who you're going to captain in what fixtures so that you're not kind of running around on a Friday night thinking, right, do I captain X, Y, or Z? You've already kind of pre-planned it, um, unless there's you know drastic changes in team form or player form or injuries or whatever, or the underlying numbers drop off big time for teams or players, then you kind of take the decision away because you've already you've already planned for it. So it's, it's very useful. It's something I used to always do until Erling Haaland <laughs> yeah. joined the league, and there hasn't been as much need for it. But Haaland does have some trickier fixtures on the horizon, and other managers might be more inclined than me to move away from him for the armband. So a captain matrix is very, very handy. And it's it's very you know, open a open an Excel spreadsheet or a Word document or or a pen and paper. It's pretty straightforward. It doesn't take much time, but it, it will give you clarity on captaincy, which is arguably the most important part of the game. So uh yeah, don't just blindly Captain Haaland, look at his fixtures, look at the other players' fixtures and and see how you feel about captaincy for, for December. Hmm. I've said it before a few times on the show, but I love that we're back to a stage where we can do all of the things we used to do. You know, we, we even had a captaincy video last week on Fantasy Football Scout. I mean, wow. We actually had one of those um, for the first time in a long time. And it just, it, it feels like something that was lost and has now been found. Um, and yeah, um, it's, it's exciting. And, and Man City having a tricky-ish run of fixtures and when I say tricky I don't mean a run of fixtures where you would just blindly not captain him I mean we've got some tri- we've got some harder games like Liverpool and Spurs and Villa but then we've got some great games like Luton Palace then a blank of course but then Everton Sheffield United but then Newcastle but then Burnley you know so you, you can flick between him and, and other people quite a lot and yeah there's some good teams to do it so a captain matrix is, is going to be really helpful for people so do definitely do that and you mentioned there obviously also about it saving you time this order could also help you on Christmas Day rather than going and spending two hours in the toilet designing your captaincy matrix on boxing day do it now so that on boxing day it takes you two minutes rather than two hours i would say good tip good tip yeah exactly do do as much planning before 
that Boxing Day, Christmas Day period as you can. <laughs> like I said, especially wildcarders, if, if you are thinking you're going to wildcard 19 or 20, have it prepared a couple of days beforehand. You know, maybe th- two or three drafts. I'll go with this draft or this happens on Boxing Day or, or, or and stuff like that. So yeah, be be prepared in advance. Mm, absolutely. Well, our final order is uh, a nice simple one, to be honest, um, and would probably help people with that advanced planning and concerns one Chelsea youngster who is taking the world by storm. Yeah, I think it was um, Josh on the Always Cheating podcast a couple of years ago uh, termed the phrase, I think it was, if, if FPL throws you a bone, you just take it. You don't overthink it. You grab the bone. Dogs don't overthink it when you throw them a bone. They just go They just go and chase it and bring it back to you. So in this case, it's about Cole Palmer at Chelsea. We have an absolute gift. So Palmer is the bone here. Um, regardless of fixtures, he's extremely cheap. He's on penalties. He's such a good player. Chelsea are starting to tick along a lot better than they did in the early part of the season as well. Pochettino starting to get a tune out of them. That Manchester City game was was nuts. Um, so yeah, the the order number three is here. If the first opportunity that you get, I think you just get Palmer. Um, and there could be an argument maybe for Matoma owners this week. We said just get Mbimo, but you could also get Palmer. I don't mind that. But given the fixtures play for you know, the three game weeks after this, I think Mbimo's fixtures are better. But I'm certainly looking to get Palmer at the first opportunity. And when, you know, if I wildcard this week, he would be straight in just as a gift, even if I didn't start him every week. Palmer's quite a nice player to have as your first sub if you do have a strong front eight. So in my team, I'm looking at Gordon, who I don't feel fantastic about because Newcastle have a lot of issues. They had a poor result in Gimme 12. And I just they've got a very busy schedule as well with all the cup competitions, Europe and I think it's Carabao as well. So Gordon, if I could have Palmer in the Gordon spot, if I could do that for free right now, which which I can, but I mean without using a transfer, I would do it. You know, flip Gordon to Palmer, I would I would feel a lot better by that position in my team. So yeah, sometimes we get gifts. You know, we've had Lundstroms in the past. And to me, I think Palmer feels like a, an absolute gift. His price is just going to keep rising. So I think he's about 5.2 now. So if you can get him 5.2, 5.3, just, just do it. Because if he stays in that Chelsea team and if he keeps getting penalties, he he could end up at about you know five point nine six million by the end of the season. So uh, still cheap, of course, but um, yeah, just looks an absolute gem. And obviously, owning him enables a lot of other things in your squad as well. So yeah, not enjoying not having him <laughs> at the moment and looking forward to owning him in the near future. Yeah, it's definitely a case of when, not if, isn't it, with Cole Palmer, because he just looks so good. I, I don't have him at the moment, and that is purely team-dependent. If I wildcarded right now, easy inclusion um, I think we, we've looked at him twice uh, in terms of just individual specific videos I did one about six weeks ago when he first came into the team and played had had played two games and and from those two games it's like per 90 stats compared to basically everyone else in the Chelsea team was was pretty good but the conclusion was we need more data did one last week we now have more data and yeah the the numbers on this guy are just incredible um, if you want more information on that like broken down in a bit more then go and watch that video or listen to that podcast but the long short of it is that he looks fixture proof because when you look at the games he's played in he's had one blank since game week seven and that was the home game against Brentford but Chelsea actually created a lot of chances in that game he was quite unfortunate not to get something is expecting goal involvement for that match was one so that's still actually pretty high um and he's getting points against everyone so you look at the fixtures he's had they've been tough but he still returned 
Arsenal, he got six points. Spurs, he got 12. And Man City, he got six again. So then if you then turn around and go, oh, well, maybe he's really good against only the good teams because we've seen Son be like that before. We've seen Burnley be like that before. Well, he got 12 points against Burnley and five points against Fulham. So he can just he can just get returns against anyone. You then get people come along and say he's relying only on the penalties. Well, okay, great. Well, he's got penalties and he's playing in a team that wins lots of penalties because he has lots of like tricky, technically gifted players around him, Raheem Sterling being the best one. So that I think the team will keep winning the penalties. But the other thing is, is that even when you take the penalties out of his numbers, he's still really, really good because his non-penalty expected goal involvement amongst all Chelsea players is the second highest. Uh, I think it's just Jackson who's higher than him. And that's purely because those goals that Jackson scored against Spurs were basically tap-ins with like no goalie. Um, that's the only thing that kind of skews... Palmer out of the top slot for non-penalty expecting goal involvement. So even removing the penalties, you basically can't argue that he's pretty much the best player at Chelsea because then you throw the price in as well. So he's benchable in the difficult games. It's just, he is, there's nothing to dislike about Palmer at all. I can't think of a single thing at all, if I'm honest. <laughs> yeah, same boat, like I said. Um, again, especially for this December period, even if you don't like the fixtures, Stick him on your bench for sub, and you know you're going to need your first sub at certain points over the next few weeks. And it's it's pretty nice to have a penalty taker coming off your bench at five point two, rather than a four point five defender who probably won't keep a clean sheet or 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 a marvelous Nakamba. Certainly, rather a Palmer than a marvelous Nakamba on my bench at the moment. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, no, he's very good, as you say. When FPL gives you a bone, you take it. I just hope that this week FPL also gives us a Bowen. That would be also very useful. And we will just have to wait and see. (laughs) It's a wait and see. Uh, Before we go, of course, another reminder to uh, sign up for your membership as well. We've talked about some numbers there. If you find the uh, the data on Palmer useful or you would like to have a look at it a bit more to satisfy yourself, do sign up for that membership, 20% off as well. We've also got some Black Friday deals coming up as well. So keep an eye on social media for updates on on that. Um, yeah, it's it's that time of year where we can start getting some cool deals. So do pay attention uh, to that. If you've liked the video as well, make sure you hit the like button, uh, subscribe to the channel uh, and hit the bell notification. It's a great way to support us, absolutely free. And it's going to help you guys out with your preparation for uh, Game Week 13. That's all the housekeeping I need to, uh, to deal with, Mark. Is there anything you'd like to uh, issue to the troops before we uh, bid them on their way? Oh, just uh, I wish them good luck for Game Week 13. There will be a new 59th Minute podcast, I think, Wednesday, possibly Thursday. Hoping to get one out on Wednesday. So uh, keep an eye out for that as well to help you prepare for the Game Week. Yeah, amazing stuff. Yeah, an excellent podcast. Um, and yeah, I've, I've had I've seen a lot of people, by the way, tweeting you uh, in relation to that football manager thing I saw this week about that guy who deliberately subs his players off in the 59th minute in honour of yourself. So that must have been quite a nice thing to see, perhaps from your, your holiday <laughs> this week. One of my one of my favourite tweets that I've seen recently, but no, no one actually asked me in the comments was that me who, who tweeted that? So you never know. Maybe maybe that Ooh. was me. Maybe it's me who does that. I hadn't thought Just of that. that. Well, there we go. Well, we can leave you on a mystery. <laughs> my days, um, unfortunately, my days of playing football manager are long, long behind me. Uh, if I didn't, if I didn't play FPL and, and do FPL content, maybe I'd have time for football manager. But uh, it's been a long time since I played that game, so safe to say <laughs> it's it's not. It wasn't me. That's what he would say if he wanted us to not know it was him. So we shall leave you with that mystery ahead of game week 13. And yeah, green arrows, hopefully for all of you guys. And we will see you next week. Goodbye. Bye-bye.